Welcome in. Very special Tuesday Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. I'm Rick Gaming. That right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, good to see you, bud. How are you? Good to see you too, man. I'm doing great. Unusual circumstances, not the familiar run good studio. We're on a Tuesday, but uh, same old Jock Market contest here on an IPO close. I can hit a sand wedge to the 18th green on the south course right now. So that's a while I, I love being in my studio and having all my gadgets and all that stuff. There, there's certainly a different vibe coming from this one. Yeah, you love to hear it. Um, best of luck and, and have fun out there this week. We're looking forward to to a great uh, four days of golf. I love I it's tough from a content perspective a little bit, but it's nice to kind of wrap this thing up from, from Wednesday to Saturday. And then we obviously, they don't, they don't want to go up against the NFL. So um hope that a lot of people rush into the market tonight. I see some guys are already very high priced. So it appears there's some people doing so. Yeah. We might actually enter a historic power hour tonight, a historic IPO based on what I'm seeing already. We'll get to that in just a second, but if you're, if you're new or you're just getting in here, this is stock market DFS, so you can bid on shares of golfers if you're one of the high bidders when this IPO closes around 9 p.m. tonight. On the East Coast, uh, those shares are allocated to you. That's now one side of the game, Joe, because the other side of the game is that Jock Market has released a pick'em game that you can now get involved with. So kind of two ways to go at it now, um, both – for me, these those are like my two favorite game formats, so it works out really, really well for me, but lots of options now. Yeah, it was very cool to kind of experiment a little bit last week um, during the divisional round playoffs, so that'll be back up again this week for NFL. They've got NBA. Basically, right now, they've got the four major sports. Right. We talked about it last week. Golf is going to hopefully trickle out here uh, very soon, but an awesome way to just kind of re-engage their, their current uh, user base and, and hopefully attract some new users with something that's a little easier to onboard with the pick'em stuff that's really easy conceptually to understand and then they can get into sort of uh, hopefully we help them out with some of the IPO stuff and stock market DFS. Yeah, so if you want to get involved in either one of those games, uh, power is the code you're looking for. There's a link in the description. That'll be the best deposit bone or deposit match that you can get. So keep that in mind. Use the link in the description. I, I want to kind of set the stage for a little bit of a potentially historic night that we're going to get into, Joe. So let's start going through a couple of examples here. Let's start with uh last week's american express this is the way the event rolled out john rom the most expensive golfer in the ipo uh ten dollars and fifty cents obviously goes on to win the golf tournament that gets you the full 25 dollar payout davis thompson who was very cheap last week three dollars and 27 cents per share goes for twenty dollars per share so if you're holding a davis thompson 300 to one ticket that did not cash, but he was great in the jock market. Xander Shoffley earned you $10 of profit per share, and Chris Kirk flying up the leaderboard as, as well, $11.56 of profit per share. So this is this is last week, uh, some pretty good value, and some of the, the more experienced guys at the top all got the job done. Yeah, my boy Chris Kirk's been printing money for me back-to-back yeah. weeks. Davis Thompson, interesting, like 90, you have one pre-rank and 95 pre-rank, uh, one and two. So 1673 profit for Davis Thompson, 511% ROI. Those numbers are massive. Um, I was really quite impressed with how he competed all the way down the stretch. I mean, we were just talking before he went hot, like even a guy like John Rahm, who's arguably the most talented player in the world, who's you know, playing at the top of his game still needs a little bit of luck, right? Yeah, there's a lot of luck involved in everything. We were kind of talking that, yes, John Rom gets lucky. Everybody gets lucky. But John Rom puts himself in a position more frequently than most to accept that luck, to, to be there and have it fall in his way. It doesn't matter if you make an 80-foot bomb on Saturday when you're 19 strokes out of it, right? You, he just puts himself in a position to accept the positive variance, and he's accepting it right now. Yeah, exactly. Got a nice little bounce on 16. Davis Thompson arguably got a very unlucky break on 17, you know, depending on how you look at it. So um, that's golf. That's how things works out. But like you mentioned, he puts himself in that position plenty of times to accept a little bit of variability and, and flip the coin. And oftentimes it ends up on John Rahm. We'll see if we get it again this week. So let's look back at last year. So Luke List, who has been 
horrendous since this victory. Went from $4.98 in IPO to the full $25 per share payout. Zalatoris, who lost in a playoff to list, went from $6.55 to $20. Here's that John Rahm. So there you go. The, the $18 payout, still good enough for John Rahm to turn you a profit. And then some value here, Cameron Tringale, who's who's gone now from the PGA Tour, 482 to 16. Jason Day, I think, is going to be popular tonight, Joe. He was 349 last year. Guarantee he's more expensive than that this time around. Yeah, Jason Day. Oh, Justin Rose coming in with a lot of steam this week as well. Um, interesting. I I, I look back at my notes from last year and re actually rewatched like the final five holes. Um, man, Will Z, like we it, it's only a year away, we kind of forget, but uh he really choked that thing away now like didn't have a birdie on the back nine failed to birdie both the par fives from from pretty good positions um and ended up getting to a playoff and that's what happens like a little bit of luck on luke list side they both end up in that fairway bunker like inches from each other and list was able to stick an approach shot and that's the difference between a 25 dollar payout and a 20 dollar payout so we'll, we'll talk about will zalatoris more later a little bit but it's fun to see those numbers and sort of recap and remember what happened last year at this event so what i'm setting up in a historical context uh we're already getting here from the chat prices seem very high already yeah i would i would agree with that and mm -hmm. in particular, before I even unveil the big board, I'll tell you, John Rahm's already over $11 per share tonight, Joe. And we were looking back historically at the data, and you can get this data. It's on rickrungood.com. It's free. The most expensive golfer we've ever seen in IPO was John Rahm. It was the Mexico Open last year at $12.99 per share. He was three and a half to one to win that golf tournament. He is similarly priced to win this golf tournament a little bit longer is john rom going to break his own record tonight and smash through the 13 dollar mark so i think there's two like counterweights working against each other one in his favor and then it's tory pines right it's his all-time favorite golf course he's got a tremendous history here um this is john rom's course the Mexico Open wasn't necessarily John Rahm's course. We had no idea what to expect, so there was that added variable in there. But when you look at the strength of the field at the Mexico Open, he was by far and away the best player teeing it up that week. Um, and the strength of the field at the Farmers Open, at least at the top, uh, is much stronger this week. So he has more competition, but he's also going to his favorite place in the world to play golf on an extremely hot run. So we'll see, man. I, I think he may not break it, but I think that he gets very, very close. I mean, realistically, $13 per share payout is seventh place. Um, mm. I think there's a lot of a, a good portion of the users and you guys, you know, feel free to comment in the chat that think that that might be his floor this week at third at seventh place. Worth noting the most expensive golfer ever, as we discussed, John Rahm at last year's Mexico Open turned you a profit, doubled your money because he yeah. actually went out and won four of the six most expensive golfers ever have turned a profit. Uh John Rom, if he goes for over 1250 tonight, he will have the the designation as the most expensive golfer ever, the second most expensive golfer ever, and the third most expensive golfer ever. So we could we got we got a history watch to look at tonight. Yeah, he's I'd definitely say. getting into the $12 range. He's already he's already well past 11. So uh, I, I definitely see it getting there. Yeah, he is uh, certainly cruising. He is at 11-11 right now, and we haven't even gotten to the stage of the show in which we unveil the big board. Okay, um, let's play a little bullish or bearish. So this is our opportunity to pick out four different golfers and take, you guessed it, either a bullish or a bearish approach on them. Let's just do ROM. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's say it's 1250, right? 1250 would be... The second most expensive golf forever. What would that be? Eighth or better for yeah. for John Rom? Bullish or bearish on John Rom at twelve? I think even eighth at that point, you're going to lose fifty cents a share at twelve fifty. I I saw you bring up Austin's thing. I'm with him, man. It's scary to step on the train tracks here, but um, I'll I, you. I, I feel like you have to be bearish. Um, look, we've covered golf long enough to know that it's extremely hard to predict. 
Um, it's it, there's 156 guys in this field. There's two golf courses. There's a weather wave that we may discuss later. There's a lot of good players in this field. It's just hard to to make a guy three to one to win a golf tournament or make a guy break even position seventh place or better. I I, I can't wrap my head around it on a professional golf level. Um, so I'm gonna reluctantly say bearish. Uh, what about you? But buddy, I'm like, we are, we're getting John Rom pretty wrong here. And I'll like, I'll be bearish again. I, I agree with you. I just, if he's gonna have to finish eighth or better in a full field at a golf course that yes, it, he's been awesome at, but ha- like there is, there are some ways that you can struggle here. And we've seen a lot of, there's, there's not a lot of elite course history at Torrey Pines. You've got a little bit of a, of a course rotation. You can be on the wrong side of the draw. I cannot imagine if you did this a thousand times uh you would be profitable buying shares of him at twelve dollars and fifty cents yes i can't imagine that over 50 percent of those thousand simulations he's going to finish seventh or better that's just it's it's just hard uh, we haven't seen that like kind of ratio since one player ever um and i know that he's on an extremely hot run but it's hard to put him in that class at this point yeah, that's the other thing. You know, he's trying to now he doesn't need to win here in the jock market. Obviously, that's kind of one of the best parts about this, but he kind of needs to get close to that to, to, to return a, a positive value or, or a profit. And the streak that he's doing is like what well, it's only been done 18 times in you know, winning three in a row, 18 times on the PGA Tour. Tiger has 14 of them. Like yeah. this is like there's a reason this doesn't happen. And I'm not saying he can't because the others haven't, but man, I would be, I'll tell you what, if on Saturday night, he hoists another trophy, I will be super, super smitten and super impressed with it, but I will have zero money because of it. Exactly. Me too. (laughs) I'll be in the same boat, man. Uh, Justin Thomas is next. So looking at his fair value for tonight, JT is the seventh pre-ranked golfer. His fair value is $7 and 36 cents. It'll go, he'll probably go for more than that, but that's about a 20th in the fair value. Let's bump him up to, Eight bucks, eight fifty. That's like sixteenth or better. Bullish or bearish on JT? Bearish as well. Um, this one's a little bit scarier to me because I feel like we're almost at that point with Justin Thomas, where he's in a buy low position, where um, yeah. some of the public perception has maybe started to fade. But um, the numbers kind of bear that out in terms of a ball striking and an approach. I mean, you see it right there. Three out of the last four losing strokes on approach. Um, it's, it's, that's his strength, right? That's his bread and butter. And when that's not going well for him, um, we know that he's, he's consistently loses strokes putting. We know that's not his strength, but he can win. He can be, be, that doesn't matter if he's striking the ball at, at a Justin Thomas level. We just haven't seen that. I I don't love that. You know, we, we essentially have the, the, T25 at the century, which wasn't a, a, you know, a great performance for him. We just haven't seen him a lot since then. Um, I don't know too much about his course history, but he doesn't seem like he's been great on the West coast. I'll be bearish. What about you? Yeah, I'm probably more bullish than you. I'm definitely more bullish than you are. I, I think there is an argument to be made that we are very much approaching that, what you mentioned, that buy low opportunity. And I, really don't think we're going to see it coming right where he's just going to snap off and he's going to win one of these golf tournaments and it's going to be, um, you know, Oh, we should have seen this coming. It's Justin Thomas because his 100 round baseline is better than like everybody, but three guys in this field's 100 round baseline. So I really do think that we're not going to see it coming. He's going to win one of these golf tournaments and I'd rather be early than, than late on him. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Let's go for a little bit further down the board. Um, Taylor Montgomery, who, I mean, sp- speaking of guys who have like never lost anybody any money, Taylor Montgomery is a printing machine. If you are using him in jock market with all of the top 15 finishes, it was even better than that at the American Express last week. It was a fifth place finish. This guy's uh, a moneymaker, Joe, bullish or bearish. Yeah, eight of nine starts so far in the, in, in the new season. He has been profitable for you um the the average roi within that is is pretty astounding as well at over 50 percent um he's just been great and you know it was 
Like you hated to see what happened to him on 17 after finding himself in contention, but that's kind of what happens to young players, right? It wasn't overly shocking. I thought that he handled it very well. I, I'm impressed with um, virtually all aspects of his game. He's shown to me, and I don't know if the stats totally bear this out, but from watching him and, and from an eyeball test, um, he passes all, all the areas pretty much for me. I think the short game could use some work, but he's more than just a really, really good putter. And I think that that's going to bear out over the next year. And he's he's going to continue to tee it up like almost every week. We talked season long fantasy and like, I don't know when this guy's going to take a week off. I saw earlier today, you got a sponsor invite to the waste management. So he's going to keep playing and I think he's going to keep playing well. I'll say bullish. Yeah, I think we have to. So yes, he is off to a historically good start in the putting category. Like no one, no one's denying that. I think what we also have to realize is that he is not a one trick pony, right? Denny McCarthy or Lucas Herbert, these guys that can only do one thing and they do it at an, at an elite level. He is an elite putter and he's a very, very good driver of the golf ball, right? He gained two strokes off the tee at the American express. That's only two measured rounds, two and a half at the Sony open plus three, plus three at the CJ cup and the Shriners. He's, he's gaining much more than he's losing. Yes. He's a little bit iffy with the second shot, but if you're the best putter in the world and you're good off the tee, you can be a little bit iffy on the second shot and you can get away with it. So I'm, going to like going to be bullish until something tells me otherwise with Taylor Montgomery. How about this one? And we have to scroll very far down the board for this one. Uh, 65th in the pre-ranks tonight is Ben Griffin. Ben Griffin, his fair value is, well, he's already almost over it. So let's bump him up. Let's bump him up to like a $4 and 50 cent fair value. That's 38th or better bullish or bearish on Ben Griffin. Okay, at 450, at that point, I'll say bearish. He's on an incredibly hot run. He's averaging over, well over 100% ROI. I think he's been maybe the best guy so far this season. Uh, $3.28 average IPO in the last 10 starts. Um, he's paying out $6.83. He's been a stud. But when you look at, I think, some of his attributes and where he is best suited, um, I think it's some of the courses where you've seen him have success. And I don't think that necessarily a 7,700 yards Torrey Pine South is the ideal course for for Ben Griffin. It's more of a Taylor Montgomery type course than it is a Ben Griffin. Um, I'll say if he gets to 450, I'll, I'll, I'll go opposite the trends here and say bearish. Yeah, so here's uh, what Joe was alluding to. So this is just everybody in the field last 10 rounds, or excuse me, last 10 starts. Ben Griffin's your best player. He's returning a 133% ROI, 328 to 683 per share. Uh, that's awesome. You look at his profile and you see, okay, the only place he struggles really is around the green, which can, can be problematic around here, but the rest of this is so sharp. He's clearly kind of figured something out in his game. I think I'm more bullish uh, than you are here. I'll, I'll take a bullish stance on, on Ben Griffin. Yeah, he's been great around the green, which can save him. When I look at some of those off the tee and approach numbers, um, they just don't come at courses that that dictate the same things off the tee that I think Tory could. Um, so I think the you know it, when you go from Sony to Amex and, and you know even even Century and some of the courses like RSM and Mayakoba that you play through the fall, and then you get here, um, it feels like at times it can be a little bit of a different animal for a lot of those guys that had some success in the fall swing. And really from here on out to the Masters, we've got some definite big boy golf courses. Yeah, we do. Now, before we unveil the big board, remember, so by my clock, 8.34 p.m. Eastern time, so we got about 25 minutes or so until this IPO closes. So those bids are rolling in. We'll run it through. we got plenty of time. But um, you mentioned something at the top that I think we should look through, and it's it's this potential weather draw here. And, and mm. when you get a game uh, like Jock Market, this becomes a lot more interesting because you can do things live as opposed to us just opining on it on a Tuesday evening and guessing and hoping that we're right is you can actually follow this a little bit a little bit closer. So here's where I'm at right now. Um, it appears and I think this is what everybody's kind of getting all all hot and bothered by the Thursday afternoon wins that could be rolling in where you're getting these 
14, 15, 16 mile an hour winds while the rest of the week is fairly benign. I think, Joe, that's what everybody's kind of worried about. They're looking at their their uh, you know fantasy lineup saying, should I stack the guys that are playing on, on Thursday uh, morning, which would be Wednesday p.m., Thursday a.m.? How are we treating this in terms of jock market? Right. So I think the traditional a.m., afternoon p.m. wave that you would consider is a little bit mitigated here just because where the the tea times are sort of tightened up right they're not so much spread through all throughout the day due to the fact they have two courses now the second part of that is the question that i don't necessarily know the right answer to which is would you rather play the north course which is the far shorter and the far easier course in 15 to 20 mile an hour winds or would you rather take on the beast that is the south course in the really tough wind i don't know that there's a right answer to that i I, i'm I'm guessing you probably don't either i would think for me i would rather play the shorter course with the heavy winds but it it can go i think that's that depends on the player and that's really tough to analyze from a, a group jock market perspective player preference Yep. Right. I mean, some guys like the challenge. I mean, think about what did JT do on, I don't even know what day it was, but the play, the third round of the players, when those wins were horrible and he pulls out every shot and shoots a 66 or whatever it was. And then gets, it was absolute perfect conditions the next day. And he like could barely break part. Right. I mean, it's just right. like, yeah, totally. it, it, good luck trying to figure this out. Right. Good I luck. Know. I think it's, I think everybody kind of reacts to it uh, a little bit differently, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the good news is you don't have to decide right now, right? We can kind of keep an eye on this and we can start to see you're going to know, right? You're going to know when the first handful of groups go through and you're starting to see, okay, the North course looks like it might be playing X number of shots under par, the South, you know, whatever. And I think for the really diligent users, you don't have to do anything crazy. You can kind of take action as it, as it comes to you. Yep, exactly. It's beauty of jock market. You summed it up right there. You can kind of um, play it by ear, so to speak, and, and see how things are sort of unfolding and then make a decision based on the players that you have or the players that you want to target. Uh, and you can look at some of their history. Like you mentioned, a guy like Justin Thomas and some players really um, do have a, a bona fide history of like toughing it out and they you you throw some hectic conditions at them and they sort of embrace that um and those are the type of players that i think you may want to target for friday power is the code it's no longer just stock market dfs the pick'em games are live for the four major sports golf coming very very soon get involved get your deposit bonus it helps us out it helps you out honestly it's a win-win for everybody so go and take care of it we come and do these every well usually every wednesday night but tuesday night on on this week um let's unveil the big board here and joe to absolute no one's surprise john rom is the most expensive golfer he is at twelve dollars and twelve cents per share that is already let's see that is already the sixth most expensive golfer to ever walk in the jock market. Pretty impressive. Yeah, and we got 20 minutes left, but like two minutes makes a big difference in the in the jock market. So he's got plenty of time left to sort of eclipse that. Um, I'm seeing now 1248. So he got another bump. Like it's just uh, like when does he gonna do it? He's he's gonna do it, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Twelve ninety nine is the number we're looking for. If he gets the thirteen dollars, it'll it'll break the record for the most expensive golfer ever. Yeah, twelve forty eight. I'm I'm refreshing. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of money coming into this market here. I think a lot of people kind of see this as one of the starts of the season because Xander's already up to nine oh one. Finau and Zalatoris are already at eight seventy at eight sixteen. This there's money piling into this market. Yeah, and I think people are. Users are smart, right? They're they're spending a lot of money at the top, which I think is wise at Torrey Pines, right? It's 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 a tournament which we've seen a history of the cream sort of rising to the top. It has a way of differentiating the A players from the C plus players just because it's brutal. It the rough is hard. It's super long. It's demanding. It requires execution over and over again. 
um, which is very difficult for a lot of the sort of mid-tier PGA Tour players. And it's a place where guys like Zalatoris and Xander and Morikawa and Rom can really accentuate um, their their differentiator, which is, you know, tee to green game, long iron play. What do you, where, where are you at on Xander? Because we really didn't know what to think. He was great last week. I thought he was awesome. He putted pretty well. Obviously, the the albatross was electric. Um, are you concerned at all about him now going back-to-back weeks at a longer, potentially a course with some rough to deal with, which isn't quite the, the situation that he had on hand at the Amex? Um, I'm, I'm just kind of in the middle, lukewarm maybe on Xander, uh, certainly cooler than most. I think that... The dirty little secret here is for a long time, Xander sucked here. I know he did. Like, let's not forget that too much. And he was always so popular here. Yeah. Like he's got, um, I think he's got three good starts in a row, but there was like five of his first six were horrible. And there is, there is definitely something to going back to where you live and having a lot of other responsibilities and the added, I don't even know if it's pressure. It's just like, there's just a lot going on. And when you combine that with obviously a, an inflated by at least listen that I, I understand an albatross is an incredible moment. He was not trying to hit that shot. That was, a mistake. I know he pushed that about 20 feet right of where he wanted oh. it to be. He was six inches away from hitting that in the water and making a double. That's a five shot swing from like six inches of, of carry. So like I'm ready to pump the brakes a little bit. He's going to, he's probably going to be okay, but we're already asking him to finish 14th or better or whatever. Like I'm probably not going to get there because he's going to be too expensive for me. Yeah. I was, I was watching it live and like the, you were the first person I thought of. Cause I'm like, I, I'm just thinking like he miss hit that so bad and that's going to totally throw off all of his strokes gained numbers. Yeah. Like his proximity numbers went through the roof. His approach, like it, it went nuts based off that one shot, which he did not hit to the spot. He was his, trying his reaction, to hit. His reaction was like, oh, God, yeah, totally. please, please go, please go. And it carried by one inch and goes in the hole. Sick go. game. Very sick game. Uh, here's the rest of the board. You know, I actually have not heard as much about Tony Finau as I thought we were going to hear about Finau. I think maybe it's because it's the ROM stuff, because it's the Xander stuff, because Will's trying to break through after losing. Like there's just a lot of other stuff happening. Finau's been pretty great here. And Finau's been like basically second to John Rom in last 24, last 36, whatever you want to look at. This would be, I, I, I think he's a pretty interesting buy tonight. I do too. Um, I think this place sets up perfect for Tony Finau and and what his strengths are as a player. Um, That's kind of shown out over the course of some of his course history. When you look back at that here, I, by most measures, he's had a disappointing couple starts at the century and at the American express, but you look at his ROI and jock market um, minus 1% minus 4%. Those aren't killers whatsoever um, because when Tony Finau is on his game and he finishes first or second, you know, you're, you're doubling or tripling your money there. So even in what is considered by most who, who bet on him outright, who maybe took him in other fantasy formats as a disappointing T16 last week, um, to only lose 4% ROI on that is, is nothing when you look at the long term and what he's capable of and the potential upside. So will be interesting. It seems like at this point, it looks like he's third on the board in terms of pricing. So it seems like some people are ready to get some shares of Big Tony. All right, let's start rattling off a couple of these guys here. The $7 range, Morikawa, Homa, Sungjae, Justin Thomas, Taylor Montgomery. We talked about two of them, Thomas and Montgomery. Any leans on Sungjae, Homa, or Finau? Do you think any of those guys will make your portfolio tonight? Um, I like Morikawa, actually. Um, I bet Colin this week. I think that he's the best long iron player in the world when you look from 150 to 250 yards. Um, It's by a decent margin that he's the best player. Um, I think that his driving accuracy, while he's not incredibly long, I think that his accuracy actually will help him out here because he'll be able to hit more greens in regulation if he's from the fairway more, and he'll be able to use those four and five irons. His around the green game is spotty. I know it, but it doesn't get much worse than than what it was that fourth round at the Century Tournament of Champions. Um, I think that he was 
better than that. If he gets that win, I think that um, he's higher priced this week than we're going to get him now. So, you know, he folded on Sunday, but let's not necessarily dwell on the past. I think that he's in good form. I think that he's put in the the required work in the offseason to get better at what he was deficient at. And we'll see if that pans out this week. Uh, Two things. I've also bet him. Um, One is those areas where he was horrid around the greens uh at the at in the bahamas not gonna happen here right those were tight lies with grain up up yeah. against you like this is thick rough where that generally helps those guys the other thing is um and i'm trying to remember back to last year this rough looks super lush out here it looks super thick i i mean they got a ton of rain in january and they got it like Every three days, it was like a consistent schedule. And this stuff is super thick out here. And it feels a lot thicker than in other years that I remember. I think playing out of the fairway is going to end up being pretty critical. Um, I, I I agree. I bet Colin Morikawa, and I'm hoping my idea of how he gets to the top of the board ends up being correct. Yeah. Sixes and fives. McNeely, Day, JJ Spawn, who's like been piling up top 20 finishers. Hideki, Siwoo, and then we round it out with like Pendrith and Keegan and Dietrich and Wyndham Clark. Anybody or any buddies here that you think is interesting? Yeah, I'm I'm with Hideki. Um, I bet Hideki. We'll see what that price point gets at because I think a lot of people are in on him this week. I think there's a, there's very good reason to be. I worry that he hasn't gained strokes off the tee in seemingly forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's coming back to the Farmers, where is is a is a is another course that is just tailor made to his sort of skill set. Um, I like his upside. He seems to always be a little bit underpriced, and I think this is a good spot where he's coming in prepared and and ready. Um, the other interesting one to me is, is Siwoo Kim. Um, we'll see what his price point ends at, but he's been so good on approach. Um, where did he finish last week? Let me pull it up here in the jock market or in the tournament in jock market. So he made 13% ROI at T22. So, um, consecutive weeks in, in, you know, that's coming off of a victory when I thought that it wasn't a great buy spot for him. I like Siwoo here. Um, Jason Day is the one that is concerning to me. I just feel like Mm. there's so much of it on the course history narrative, which I don't put as much emphasis on at the farmers as maybe some other people may have. So I'm a little bit more tepid on Jay Day. Where are you at with him? Um, I'm pretty bullish on him, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, he's he's talked a lot about just being healthy for the first time in a while, yeah. and he kind of took a lot of time off. And the pre- and it's it's showing in the stats, it's showing in the results. His game is always pretty sharp around here. I'm 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 fairly bullish on him. The other thing is, um, for Hideki, I definitely lump Hideki into that Justin Thomas category, which is mm-hmm. like, hey, they haven't been that good recently. But when you start zooming out and you start saying who are the best players, and you're going to a place that rewards the best players they are definitely great options yeah let's start finding some value here and i'm going to sort this by pre-rank joe and i'm just going to go like 40 and below so this is like your nick hardy's your i actually just saw nick hardy in the lobby uh ben taylor (laughs) taylor moore i should ask him how he's feeling um luke list is here adam shank is here you know are there any of these guys that are currently hovering around the three dollar mark that you that you think are worth a, a a click yeah, I mean, just right outside of 40 is my guy, Will Gordon. I do like him. I think that he sets up well this week. Kurt Kitayama is another one that I'm interested in that I have favorited. Steven Yeager has been playing really well. Um, I think that he isn't getting quite the love because there have been some other guys who have really sort of popped lately. But um, there's definitely a few in there. Davis Thompson is back here at 351, coming off an incredible week with over 500% ROI. So there are some options here. Your guy, Robbie Shelton, is another one. I know I'm just kind of naming names, but there have been a lot of players who have been on a decent little run, and we'll see if they can carry it onto you know, the type of course and the type of requirements and, and stress that, that Torrey Pine South can put you under. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at Jaeger because he's got, um, you know, if you look at his results, it's like T33, T40. T9, T28. And in most scenarios, that's not super great. In the jock market, it's pretty good. You know, he breaks even a lot. 
And then when he goes and finishes, you know, T18 or something, you're you're getting a pretty decent return there because he's never too expensive. His average IPO is $3.92. So, I, I mean, yeah. worst case scenario, he's been breaking you even, and then he's got a little bit of upside on the back end of things. Yeah, absolutely. Our guy, as I go kind of further down into the next page even, um, we've talked about him quite a bit, but came off a disappointing week last week. But I think it's another decent spot for um, – Tyson Alexander mm. um, at 244 per share. I just really like the upside in the long term. You know, you look at long drivers of the ball too. Uh, Callum Terrence there at $3 per share right now. Another good one, you know, who kind of popped last week. Where's this guy at? Matty Schmid. Did you catch uh, any of him last week? Uh, no, let me pull his, let me pull his profile up and I'll find out what he's what he's going for right now. But yeah, he um, he got hot and made a run at it. And he's actually, so here's the other thing. So he played well last week, uh, T6 at the American Express. He was one of the ones who played in December in that South African Open Championship, finished fourth mm. there. Now he's missed, he bookended that with with missed cuts, but there's there's upside here. He, he can get hot and get to the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, only rickrungood.com is going to get you the uh, the strokes gain data on the Investec South African Open. (laughs) Let's go. Uh, Dude, He's you know what really surprised me about him? I think second or third in driving distance. I didn't really realize how much of a bomber he is, but he launches it off the tee. And, of course, Torrey has always shown uh, a correlation between driving distance and success. So we'll see if coming off of his career best performance can bring some confidence into this week. Currently at like three bucks a share. Tory loves a bomber. Tory loves a bomber. John Rom, as of right now, we've got about nine minutes to go, is at $12.48. So that was the number, Joe, right? That like five minutes ago, it's where he's he's been stuck there. So we will see if he can climb. Uh, if he gets the $13 even, it's the most expensive ever. Xander, everybody's back in. $9.39 right now with another tier of Finau, Zalatoris, and Morikawa right behind. The sevens are Justin Thomas, Max Homa, Sung J.M., Taylor Montgomery. And then you get into some of these fun guys like, you know, Mav McNeely at $6.66. We talked about Jay Rose and Keegan Bradley here. So this is this is really shaping up. If you want to flip it around, Joe, and look at the top 10 golfers, that pre-ranked matters. That's what's going to break ties here in the jock market. The cheapest one you can get is Keegan Bradley, which is kind of surprising considering his – Ball striking prowess, the idea that he's always been a very good total driver of the golf ball. He's got a great pre-rank. That's actually pretty – he won like four starts ago. Yeah, I always forget that because you look at kind of his – he was on this incredibly scorching hot like approach and ball striking run sort of through like the U.S. Open there, um, which he was like first or second in approach at ball strike. That's kind of tailed off, but he still has that victory. He still has the T5 at the Sanderson Farms. He's still got a 21st at the CJ Cup. He's a top 10 pre-ranked player currently sitting under $6 per share. I know that he doesn't have great numbers on POA, uh, but yeah, he's certainly a, the best value, I think, price guy on the board right now. Looking a little bit, uh, just a little bit further down the board, trying to see if anybody else sticks out to me. Sahith is here. Um, I never get him right, Joe. He's at $5 and 66 cents a share right now. It's uh, about 70 cents below his fair value. Do you want to take a crack at getting this guy right? <laughs> I don't like this spot for Sahith. Um, I like the West coast for Sahith. I don't love this spot and he could totally prove me wrong, but I worry about the inaccuracies off the tee. You had mentioned from being at the course that the rough is, is thicker and juicier than normal. So I think that that does put a little bit more emphasis, less emphasis on just bombs away anywhere. And, and it's going to be beneficial to come in from the fairways. All right. About that time, Joe, I got to let you go do your thing. Uh, I got 8.53 p.m. Eastern time, so Joe will go and uh, try to steal golfers from you, honestly. He'll go put his bids in. You can do the same, and we'll see what happens when the dust settles. Good luck, Joe. See you in a few, bud. All right, so I'll take you the rest of the way here, and I'll make sure that I have the most up-to-date numbers. And if you are looking to get involved in either this or – the contest that they have where you pay, you know, 50 bucks, you get a thousand chips. Everybody's on a level playing field and there's payouts. 
that's available. You want to get involved in like, I don't know, NFL Pick'em, NBA Pick'em, that's available. Use the code POWER, go get your deposit match, and start making that money. John Rahm has moved just a bit, three cents since the last time we saw him, $12.51 per share, which is now, let's just get this over with and see. Um, I imagine it's going to be one of the top, yeah, so we are at 12, oh, well, hold on, we'll do it this way. Yeah, he's the second most expensive golfer we've ever seen. He just tied his own record for number two. So now he has the three most expensive instances of the jock market. Uh, Xander Shoffley is $9.55 right now. He is coming off, obviously, a big return, 130% at the American Express, where he was basically $2 cheaper. Now everybody going back to the San Diego kid. Zalatoris finished runner-up last year to Luke List, coming off of a, a loss at the American Express, but people are buying right back in at $8.76 a share. Here's Colin, $8.10. Where's JT? $7.99. So keeping an eye on those two. Keeping an eye on Hideki. Hideki's at $6.33. You lump him and Justin Thomas together. The recent form, not there. Long-term stuff, absolutely there. Let me refresh this and make sure we have the best possible numbers, the most accurate numbers. We got about five minutes to go, maybe less than that. Uh, Rom at 1252. No surprise. Here comes Tony Finau, $9.13. So Tony Finau, as Joe mentioned, when he loses, it's very, very small. Minus four, minus one, minus seven, boom, plus 156% at the Houston Open. He is there. We didn't really talk about Sung J.M., Sungjae is the eighth pre-ranked golfer. He's coming off a win at the American Express. That actually snapped a five-event losing streak for Sungjae M, if you can believe it. So Sungjae back on winning ways, trying to get a little bit of momentum around Torrey Pines, trying to tap into that ball strike, and we'll see if he'll be able to do it. Matt McNeely is the best putter on POA. Uh, since the start of 2020, about a stroke per round. And you can see in the results, it's really paying off this uh, fitness regimen he's going through, this, this work he's putting in because he's piling up top 25 finishes. He's been a winner in the jock market in five of his last six. The only loss was a T27 in Houston where he lost you 14%. Here comes JJ Spawn. That's a sentence I'm not sure I ever thought I was going to say. Four consecutive wins, six of his last seven Four straight top 15 finishes. Kind of feels like a big park for him, I'm thinking. But you play out of the fairway, you do things, other things well. Maybe you can find yourself on the path to success. Let's go a little bit down the board. Where can we find a little bit of value? I'll tell you what, I'm buying back in on Adam Hadwin. People ready to, to discard Adam Hadwin, the desert fox after the American Express. Got you 45% ROI last week. Maybe... Maybe don't get rid of him just yet. Winner in three straight, four of his last five, including a T7 at the Houston Open where he gained seven strokes on approach. Maybe maybe don't throw him away just yet. Hayden Buckley, don't throw him away. Uh, last time we saw him, 321% ROI. This is probably a better course for him than Wiley is. I don't know. We'll see. But he drives it so well. He's an elite driver of the golf ball. We know the ball striking is there. I worry a little bit about the short game. I worry a little about a little bit of putting on Poana. But I can worry because he's $4.86 a share. I'm not paying 15 bucks a share for him. Let's give it a refresh. 8.58 p.m. Eastern time by my clock. So we've got maybe two minutes here. Maybe two minutes to go until we find out how deep People are going to go on John Rom. Twelve fifty-five is the answer right now. Will he get to thirteen dollars? I don't know. He's stalling out a little bit. We'll see if those last-minute snipers come in and push him up over the thirteen-dollar mark. Zalatoris leapfrogs. Oh no! Let me turn this around and look at it the other way. Uh, Zalatoris gets to the nine-dollar range, but he is now with Tony Finau and Xander Shoffley. He is not alone. Max Homa at eight even. Uh, that is the most expensive that he has been since the Shriners, where he lost you 10%. Coming off the only start of his calendar year, the Century Tournament of Champions, that was a T3, 219% ROI. Will Gordon gets a big bump here to 471. He's now over his fair value for tonight just by a little bit of a hair. Ricky Fowler still lagging behind his, about 50 cents or so for Ricky. Loser last week at the American Express. Loser at the CJ Cup, loser in three of four, but a couple of big wins around that if you're willing to take on the risk. We are probably going to close at any second. 
I'm going to refresh the big board one more time and see if I can get the most up-to-date numbers before we, to, before we do because it's 8.59. John Rahm is moving but not fast enough to get to the record. 12.66 for Rahm. That's 33 cents away from the most expensive golfer we've ever seen. Xander and Finau right behind. Uh, Sung Jay got to the $8 mark. JT is kind of just lagging behind a little bit. You can still get a $5.50 Keegan Bradley, who's the ninth pre-ranked golfer, who's well below his fair value, asking him to finish like 30th or better. I would probably do that if I were you right now because it's 9 p.m. Eastern time, and I imagine this thing is over. Okay. Shut it down. Shut it on down. I was going to say, I mean, that, I'm looking at my clock. It says 9 o'clock. Yeah. We, we got to be done here. <laughs> we got to be done. Wow. There's a lot of, I think there's, I don't know, but I'm going to say there's a lot of money in this market. Yes. Um, just a lot of very high priced guys. So, uh, we'll see how that kind of shakes out. Um, I'm pulling my guys over into the holdings now and we can go through who I got. Yeah. Before you do that reminder links in the description, it's power. It's very simple. You can play any type of game. You could help us out. You could help yourself out. Use the code, go support jock market. They support us great part of the community. Um, Joe, you mentioned it. You've been killing it with Chris Kirk. Tom Kim made you a lot of money yeah. last week. Um, let's, let's find out who you are riding this week at the farmer's insurance open. All right. Colin Morikawa. Yeah. Uh, 877. I, I, after Morikawa, I know I said I was bearish. I changed my mind. I got shares of Justin Thomas. That's fair. Um, it just felt good. I think he's got to finish like 16th or better to pay that off. Um, Hideki 675 felt like too cheap for Hideki. You almost blew up my spot here on Adam Hadwin in the $5 range and Justin Rose in the $5 range. Um, also Cam Davis 516, Maddie Schmid at 336, and Rick, I shorted a player. Oh no, who was it? You may need to check me into an insane asylum. Don't say it was John Rom. <laughs> it was John Rom. Oh my God. I can tell you from my experience in shorting, this might not end well for you, friend. This might not end well. 1266. If John Rom finishes eighth place this week, I'll make 66 cents a share um, and moving down from eighth place. So. Um, it's going to be a, a scary, yeah. nerve-wracking, stressful couple days for me, but uh, we'll see. I, I kind of just did it for the fun of it. So let's 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 talk through the mechanics of this. Let's say Joe bought or shorted ten shares of John Rom at twelve sixty-six. So if John Rom, would you say finishes eighth? That's that's sixty-six cents because yes. you pay out twelve. Okay, so 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 Joe would make six dollars and sixty cents if John Rom, for whatever reason, like misses the cut. And gets the one dollar per share payout. Joe would get eleven sixty six per share, which would be one hundred and ten dollars uh, in, in return on this short. If John Rom wins, Joe's got to pay the difference off the twenty five dollars yes. at the top. So it would be what twelve uh, thirty four a share, something like that. Exactly, twelve thirty four a share. Uh, if he ends up winning, you know, if he finishes fifth, it's a it's a modest loss. But like, if he finishes like sixteenth this week, um, it'll hopefully be a big return for me. So uh, we'll see how it works out. We talked about being bearish on him. I just felt like he's the second highest price ever. Um, I see our guy Austin is in on the short as well. So uh, we'll see, man. Fingers crossed. It's it's going to be a, a, a stressful couple days out there, Tori. Joe's portfolio, Colin Morikawa, Joe, Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama, Adam Hadman, Justin Rose, Cam Davis, Maddie Schmidt, and a short of John Rahm. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> let's look through the chat here. Brett got Homa Woodland and uh, Davis Thompson. Lost out on Colin late. JG Funk got uh, Homa, Decky, Keegan, Hadwin, Davis, Davis Riley, hmm. Aaron Rye, and Kevin Yu. Brent got, ooh, it's a big one. Spawn English, Riley Smalley, Steele, Rye, Hardy, Streelman, Davey Thompson, Ryder, Champ, Han, Novak, and the real C. Young, which I'm assuming is Carson Young, Carson. who is not the real C. Young, but that's okay. Uh, that is an interesting portfolio because Brent is, uh, I don't want to say bottom dwelling, but like these are these are cheapies. 
Yeah, interesting to not kind of go at the top, but it all depends on price. So each one of those guys, like we talk about, is going to have a break-even point, probably somewhere in like the 30 to 45th place range. And uh, if he gets a couple to perform and slip inside the top 10, he's probably going to do pretty well. Good luck to you, bud. Let us unveil the big board with the final pricing. Uh, John Rom did not break the record tonight, but he got pretty darn close. $12.66 a share. Second most expensive ever. Uh, so he is now number one, number two, and number three. He has to finish, what did we say, seventh or better to yes. return a profit here. Uh, so that's that's what John Rahm is up against. There's a, a big gap, about three bucks, to Xander, Tony, and Zal Torres. Feels fine, Joe, right? Yeah. Uh, Morikawa, JT, Sungjae, Homa. Feels fine. Uh, I say it every week. Hideki at six seventy five feels pretty good. Yeah, Hideki feels like the one that is is kind of missed, but there's there's good reason for it. Like he hasn't shown the ability. Like he doesn't have many top twenties in there. So we'll see. I think this is a good spot where he can turn it around. But I think from a talent standpoint, he does feel like the best value on the board right there. A little surprised, Justin or excuse me, Jason Day didn't go for more, but he went over his fair value. He's got a pretty bad pre rank. That's probably fair. I'm very interested to see how Taylor Pendrith shakes out. I think this is a pretty good spot for him. Definitely. Five dollars and fifty cents. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's any big differences between price and fair value. It's pretty, pretty efficient here. It looks pretty good, Joe. Yeah, who was that 18, Harris English? Yeah, I guess it's probably a, a pre-rank that was kind of off. Um, Ricky at 19 is probably a pre-rank that's a little off. But I think like when you look at the top of the board, yeah, it's, I think it's a lot of, of groupthink and the idea that um, 7,700 plus yards, you've got to really be able to have some carry distance off the tee. When you look at guys like you know Pendrith and, and the other guys at the top there, uh, there's definitely an advantage to being a bomber. Get involved. Use the code POWER. There's a link in the description. Go now play the live version of this. Go buy. Go short. Go sell. Go enjoy this Wednesday through, th through Saturday tournament. Play your pickups. Play like This is going to be a great week. It's going to end on Saturday. There's going to be NFL Sunday for people to go nuts with. This is a, this is a great week. Yeah, good luck to everyone. I hope you make some money in uh, the farmer's jock market this week and you can roll it over into either the NFL jock market or, or try a little pick them out this week. Let us know what you think of it. I think it's a very cool way. I like doing just I like keeping it simple and just doing the two guys pick the two, you know, bet one to win three. So you want to put a 50 to win 150, 100 to win 300. It's just a nice way to kind of not have too many too many variables in that parlay where it gets kind of reachy. Uh, but but let us know what you guys think about that. And if you have any feedback, of course, shoot it our way. Reachy, reachy parlays. That's my specialty. Okay. <laughs> uh, Joe is available on Twitter at Tour Picks. You can find me at Rick Rungood. This has been your Tuesday Jock Market Power Hour for the Farmers Insurance Open. Good luck.